accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? You know, I'm doing pretty good, man. You know, my voice feels kind of weird, but I'm going to I'm gonna work through it. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. No, man. The weather outside has been frightful. We are not in the holidays anymore, but nobody decided to tell the uh, the winter weather that is just pounding us, man. It's been crazy. Uh, but you sound okay. I, I, I got to tell you, man, for me, hearing your voice, it actually lifts up my soul. I feel really good, really happy whenever I get a chance to sit down with you on a weekly basis and talk about the fastest man on earth, of course, our hero and yours, The Flash. Uh, but, Bell, no, you, you sound good, man. You sound good. Good, good, good. I'm just hoping I'm not coming down with something because no. yeah, I don't want you, that man. to happen. I, I hear, hear this like super flu is coming out. So, you know, I'm trying to avoid that at all costs. That's what they say, man. Well, hey, if you are out there and you are combating the super flu yourself or just the illnesses in general, entertain yourself. You can listen, of course, to back episodes of Flash TV Talk. You can also find a lot of great podcasts at the DC TV Talk Network. That's dctvtalk.com for some great DC TV talking needs. Uh, by the way, some uh, announcement about that coming out soon. I, I don't want to say yet because I need to clarify with uh, the rest of the team, but uh, let's just say if you are a podcaster and you talk some TV, we might be talking to you in the near future about how we can help get the word out about your show and, and all that kind of good stuff. I'll save that for a future episode, man. I do want to make mention of one thing in terms of housekeeping before we jump into this uh, really wacky episode of The Flash. And that is uh, during the hiatus, uh, you know, in between Grandma Esther's eggnog-induced Christmas call and extravaganza and, of course, returning. Man, I, I don't know if you noticed this, but our album art got a little uh, change. Did you see that? From on, uh, on iTunes? Yeah, on iTunes and uh, on the various podcast players that are out there. We were actually, uh, we, we were rocking some custom artwork that was donated to the show by the With Brian Austin Green podcast. Now, uh, Brian... Brian Austin Green, uh, formerly of 90210, he was on the Terminator show, the short-lived Terminator show. Uh, he also was uh, on Smallville. He, put, he portrayed uh, Metallo uh, in a couple of episodes on that series as well. And uh, and he's got a podcast. He actually uh, does a podcast with a good friend of the show and, and, and a DC TV talker in his own right, Mr. Derek Russell, with Brian Austin Green, had some, some custom artwork done up of Derek Russell in a Flash t-shirt and nothing else sitting in front of a TV and watching The Flash. And it's the most disturbing artwork you've ever seen. Brian was uh, was kind enough, uh, Brian and Derek were kind enough to have me on their show. Afterwards, Brian sent me that album art and asked if I would make it our, our show's album art. So uh, that happened during the hiatus. We're back to kind of our nice, uh, albeit updated, glossy look. But uh, if you missed that, let me know and I'll, I'll, I'll tweet it at you. Uh, so, oh man, it's great. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> it's just pretty funny, right? So uh, yeah, you, you definitely don't want to miss that. Anyway, shout out to uh, Brian Austin Green, Derek Russell of the With Brian Austin Green podcast. Check them out. They've got the, uh, the I think, I don't know if it's called the Flash Challenge or the Derek Russell Challenge, but uh, they're raising funds from folks to uh, to get out there and uh, uh, make a fool out of yourself while also showcasing your love of the Flash and um, more information on that on their show. All right, man. Well, that's, uh, that's enough housekeeping. Let's jump into The Rundown. The, the Rundown. Episode 12 of season four, Honey, I Shrunk Team Flash, alternatively known as Honey, I Shawshank the Kids, directed by Chris Pepe and story by Sam Chelson and Judelina Neria. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, Cecile develops telepathic abilities as a result of dormant dark matter in her cells and her pregnancy, which Caitlin assures her should be temporary. Cisco and Ralph take on Silbert Runden, a meta with the ability to shrink and enlarge objects 
who promptly proceeds to shrink the two. After Harry fails to enlarge them with the modified speed bazooka, Caitlin determines that if they aren't re-enlarged within a certain period of time, they will go nuclear. Harry, Iris, Cisco, and Ralph confront Rundin or Run Rundin. <gasps> Run DMC? Oh, Run can DMC. we call him that? Harry, Iris, Cisco, and Ralph confront Rundin at a warehouse where Harry tricks him into re-enlarging Ralph and Cisco, whereupon they arrest Rundin. In prison, Barry learns that Ratchet wishes to one day return to a Chinese village called Jaju, but fears he will never get there. Barry calls Joe for advice, and Joe tells him that he'll always try his best. Barry then uses his speed to take Ratchet to Jaju, fulfilling his dream. The warden discovers that Barry is the Flash and intends to sell him to Amunet, so he locks Barry in the prison's meta-human wing. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> All right, man. So as I joked at the beginning of the uh, the episode, this was kind of alternatively titled Honey, I Shawshank the Kids, because, of course, it was kind of this amalgam of two classic movies, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Shawshank Redemption. If you're not familiar with either of those films, uh, in your go watch them. Yeah, you because need, they're good. You need to educate yourself. Those are some fantastic films that are nothing alike. But clearly, two great tastes that taste uh, uh, appropriate together when mixed with uh, the fastest man on earth. All right, <laughs> let's talk about Barry in prison, man. Uh, what is up with Central City Prison? Because up until the tail end of this episode, this looks like a cakewalk. Yeah, right. I mean, well, more like a pudding walk, um, <laughs> if you ask me. But yeah, no, it, it seems like it's pretty nice, right? Everybody's just just hanging out and being friends. The the guy that tried to marry or murder Barry is, uh, uh, you know, and just playing a pudding. Uh, you know, putting poker with him and everybody's just, you know, having fun. There wasn't a riot this week. That was kind of nice. So, yeah, it, it, it seems like it's getting, <laughs> yeah. it's getting a little better, right? It's uh, it's either riots or putting poker games like like that's that's uh, there's a there's a lot of uh, <laughs> that place goes zero to 100 real quick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a little schizophrenic there. But yeah, no. All right. So so, Bell, I've never been to prison. Uh, neither have I. OK. Uh, so if, if you, uh, dear listener, have been to prison, maybe you can help educate us on this. I was not under the opinion that like one prisoner could like just walk up, like waltz up to another prisoner's cell, like the door was just open and just chilling, eating pudding. Like, like that, uh, that's yeah, not a thing, I right? I don't know for sure. I mean, I know you have you have time out in the yard, but I think for the most part, you're in your cell with, uh, with the door closed with the yeah, with 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 the, 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 the door closed. I mean, granted, you know. I watched Oz growing up, and so a lot of my prison information comes from that show, and they had like, but that was an experimental prison, right? But yeah, I think most of the time they spend in the cell, except for the time that they get to go out to the yard when they shower and when they eat. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure on that one. I mean, to some extent, it might just be a suspension of disbelief, or perhaps Big Sur has it in with the cops. Maybe, you know, maybe he's kind of the Kingpin-esque or, or, or uh, facilitates kind of a similar role. You know, as you recall in the Daredevil season two, when Kingpin's in prison, uh, he doesn't exactly have an easy go of it, but he definitely has pull with the cops as well as the prisoners. I'm also thinking of Lex Luthor in the Justice League series when he goes back to prison. He's like the guard is walking him to his, you know, his room is <laughs> essentially his room, but his cell. And like they're having a quick chat. And he's like, how'd, you, how'd your kids like the new SUV? Oh, really? They're going to love the new big flat screen, too. Like, you know, so he's already bribing the guards before he's even been locked up. And I don't think that Big Sir is somebody who's going to be bribing the guards. He clearly does have a little bit more of a, well, he's not, he's not in prison for being a criminal. So one imagines he's not, he hasn't become a, a criminal in prison, but I don't know, man, maybe just his sheer size and intimidation does it. Why do you think the guards allow Big Sir to get away with just kind of roaming the halls? Well, I mean, I, yeah, it, it's just, a they wouldn't have much of a story if, unless, unless like Barry and Big Sir were cellmates. 
because these seem to be like individual cells and they don't have cellmates. So like, I don't know, like you, you wouldn't have an episode if, if they couldn't roam around and play pudding poker. <laughs> this is true. Now, Barry obviously getting uh, pretty comfortable with his little, uh, you know, stop time trick and, and making sure that he's, he's waiting for the uh, cameras to, to look the other way as he does his thing. Of course, that does come back and bite him by the end of things. Bell, we are getting a continuation of something that you predicted uh, that we are going to have a, a couple of episodes with Barry. You know, he's, he's not in a rush to break out of prison. He's, I wouldn't say content with where he is, but at the same time, we get a lot of unique stories because he is out of commission. While, as Cisco points out, he can phase out or run out or uh, even vibe out at any time, he's not doing it. He is actually serving the time for a crime he did not commit. Well, yeah. I mean, like, you know, he, he didn't want to disappoint his dad. And uh, he also doesn't want to be a fugitive, I think, most importantly, uh, mm. because that would, you know, throw a kink in all sorts of things. So it's it's better for him right now to, I think, just stay in prison and, and ride it out and hope that they can figure out what the thinker's up to and free him. Because, I mean, he's already a vigilante, which is illegal, and being a fugitive vigilante, <laughs> I mean, that's just, you know, icing on the cake there. Yeah, okay. So so let's talk about this, though. You know, it, it took going to prison to become a criminal. That was the uh, the line or, or the, the thought behind Andy Dufresne from Shawshank Redemption. And by the way, there were a ton of Shawshank nods in this episode, despite, uh, you know, despite the one they called out you know, very blatantly uh, about hope being dangerous. That was ripped directly from a line from the character of Red of Shawshank Redemption. The concept of Big Sur wanting to just get away to this, uh, this uh, you know, other town and, and just kind of this romantic notion of, of living out his days there was a nod to Sewatanejo from uh, from Shawshank Redemption. Uh, and so, you know, it was it was on the nose, but also kind of appropriate. We knew when Barry went into prison that there was probably going to be a lot of Shawshank action. Here's the deal, though. I had to go to prison to be, or it, it, rather, it took going to prison to become a criminal. Has Barry become a criminal in prison beyond what he already was? Because at the end of this episode, he facilitates a, a prison break. Yeah, so it's one of those things, right, where, uh, you know, he's cheating using his powers, and yeah, he, he broke uh, Big Sur out of prison, but, you know, Big Sur shouldn't have been in prison in the first place, right, and right, right. Uh, their only avenue to get him out was a confession from Dwarfstar, and, like, he wasn't going to do that, he wasn't going to say it, and so, th I mean, that was, like, their only avenue to get him out, and so I guess Barry just, you know, took it on his own, because let's face it, vigilantes are criminals to begin with, I, right, they're operating yeah. outside the law, so, so uh, Barry was a Barry is a criminal to begin with. Vig vigilanteism is illegal. Yeah, but didn't he get the key to the city like two episodes ago? Three or three episodes ago? Yeah, I know. That's what's weird about like all these superheroes and things is that like the things they're doing are technically illegal, but it's, I don't know. It's maybe it's one of those things where it's, uh, you know, they, they, they turn a blind eye because the guy has saved the city so much that they, or maybe they, maybe they deputize him in some sort of ceremony where well, the that's CCPD. What I've always seen if you've got the key to the city, doesn't that imply that like, you know, you can open any door? You're you're welcome anywhere. You've got you've got free range. That, that, what does that mean that he can go into a bank and just open the vault and take it because he got the key to the city? Well, he can't take it, but he could probably go into it. <laughs> I'm just saying he's got the key to the city. That's uh, <laughs> that's what that implies for me. But no, I I remember actually as he dropped off Big Sur and not say Watanejo, I thought, man, I you know I don't know how I feel about that because I, I get it. He he was wrongfully in prison, but by that logic, so is Barry. You know what I mean? Barry is wrongfully in prison. And on top of that, they've actually caught the guy that did the crime. And while he's not saying I'm not going to confess to it up front, I mean, give it some time, man. Get him in there with some good cop, bad cop situation. I mean, shoot, Barry could run out, grab the guy, drop him off the top of the building, catch him before he lands and like, you know, do that a couple of times until he finally confesses. Uh, Wally West style. He, he could make that happen if he wanted to. 
it just seemed like well, breaking Big Sur out of prison was both highly illegal and risky. Well, not only that, yeah, okay, so so there's there's two things I'll say about that. First one is I didn't think they wanted to do third episode with Big Sur. They had to move the, yeah, the well, yeah, they had to move the plot along and everything. And that third episode being the one where they uh, they get the information out, or either either maybe they just couldn't cram it to this one, uh, and they didn't want to have the same meta be featured two different episodes. And so since they couldn't really do that, and they couldn't you know show the whole appeal process for Big Sur and the new uh, information, because I'm sure that even without a confession, they'd be able to link the, the the crimes with the two, and you know show that Big Sur was wrongfully imprisoned. But they just didn't want to dedicate the time in an episode to do that. So they're just like, yeah, what's the next best thing? Well, we'll have him break him out. And also that gives us an opportunity for the warden to, you know, spring his trap on Barry and figure out his secret and capture him for Amunat. So without that breakout, then we wouldn't have this next episode. Uh, fair enough. Now, of course, uh, the, the actor that portrays Big Sur, we've talked about already. This is a professional wrestler. Goldberg. Goldberg. Is his uh, name. So you, you were kind of into wrestling back in the day, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, when I was a kid and then, uh, as a as a teenager, I got back into it for a little bit. Gotcha. All right. So were you were you a fan of this guy? Goldberg? Oh, yeah, man. Goldberg was awesome. He was like undefeated. Of course, you know, wrestling is scripted. I'm not saying it's fake because it's not fake. Those are real athletes and they do very, you know, athletic stuff, but it's scripted. And so he he was like an undefeated guy. And everyone's like, oh, man, they're scared of Goldberg, you know, because he was like this, you know, huge dude. And like he had his like special power bomb. And uh, I think it was a power bomb and the spear like he'd spear you. And uh, it was, uh, yeah, it, he he was he was a he was a great persona in the ring. Okay, all right, fair enough. Well, you know, I, I know that this, uh, you know, it, it was a, a kind of a good get for wrestling fans. I obviously did not recognize him. I, I never got into wrestling, man. Not as a kid. I, I remember like maybe like for a day I tried to get into it, and I just it wasn't my thing. But I know it is a like a huge industry, so uh, good get. Always always cool to see whenever you get kind of some cross industry promotion like that, and uh, and who knows. Who else Barry might be fighting in the future or saving, as in the case of Big Sur? Well, it's also kind of funny to me because, you know, uh, Stephen Amill of Arrow fame has had like, you know, a, a wrestling beef with Gold Dust. And so he's actually fought in a wrestling match. So it's funny to see Stephen Amill go on WWE and then Goldberg to come on Flash. So there's like this, you know, <laughs> this, this, this uh, hybridization of fan bases, it looks like. Which is kind of neat. Absolutely. Now expand your fan base. So while all of this is going on, man, we've got a new meta on the scene, and that, of course, is Cecile. Now Cecile is due to the pregnancy getting some meta abilities. Uh, she can now read minds. In fact, there's that great uh, opening sequence where a lot of that information is communicated very fast. In fact, I would say Bravo, one of the best opening sequences to an episode because they covered a ton of ground very, very quickly in this reveal and explanation as to what's going on with her. Cecile reading minds. I've uh, you know I've been through uh, two pregnancies at this point, and I I, I say that with uh, a grain of irony because obviously my wife did a lot of the work in that situation. <laughs> the vast majority, yeah. Yeah, but I, I do I I can't imagine what it would have been like if my wife, while pregnant, could read my mind. That just seems like a recipe for disaster in so so very many ways. Yes. The worst power to have while pregnant. I mean, come on. <laughs> I think I could have been able to to go pretty well the first time around. But the second time when you're dealing with, you know, you got the the young kid, you got the new kid on the way, you know, you got to, <laughs> there's just a lot going on and, and you know, the, a lot of energy is gone and man, yeah, glad, glad she couldn't, glad, glad, glad there was no reading of the minds during, during that phase. But Joe, you know, the great thing about Joe is he's always a very 
uh, you know, he's he's a what what's the phraseology, Bell? The the moral good, the uh, lawful good character. Uh, yeah, I'd say he's lawful good. So you know, even even in the midst of that uh, very invasive situation, uh, still still mentally a good guy. Um, Cecile living out her own version of what women want, but uh, what everybody wants. And uh, for the most part, she's surrounded by a lot of uh, loving and supportive people who are getting really frustrated and annoying that she can do this. Now, as she's reading the minds of uh, one Cisco, she finds out that his go-to thought pattern brings him to uh, the third option on the Pokemon <laughs> string. <laughs> Bulbasaur. Now, according to Cisco, Bulbasaur is the cutest Pokemon. Bell, is that correct? Ah, oh, man, that's hard. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say absolutely no. not. No, no. Uh, the cutest uh, of the starter Pokemon, of course, is Squirtle. Uh, but Cisco would be. No, it's, it's, it's Charmander, dude. Nah, I mean, he is pretty cute. I'm, that it, um, yeah, Charmander is pretty cute. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Squirtle guy, man. I'm a Squirtle uh, all day, every day. But Cisco does seem like the one that would actually go for Bulbasaur. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I feel like that's like the He's definitely a Bulbasaur. I mean, He's just look at him. Joy. But no, they uh, they do have a great exchange. Now, with with kind of uh, Cecile gathering these powers, what do you think about her as a meta man? Like, does she is is she a hero, a villain, or or a uh, a civilian? Which we have not really seen all that much in the meta community. Well, this is what I'm curious about, right? I I don't know if this is a part of a larger story arc that they're going to do with Cecilia's uh, mind reading, maybe helping. Ooh, what if it helps with the thinker because she can read the thinker's <gasps> mind? Ooh. Or what is so the question though is, and this is what I was trying to follow, and Bell, I I might need you to science me through this. So it's not that she has the ability, but it's also not that the baby has the ability. So for the way I understand the way the way Caitlin explained it was uh she had latent dark matter in her cells, but it didn't trigger her metagene until she was pregnant. So it's something to do with the pregnancy hormones or something like that are are activating okay it's dark matter and like giving her that temporary power right okay. yeah because i mean she has the gene but the dark matter didn't trigger in her until the pregnancy happened gotcha so it's not that the baby has the ability and like she has it by connection to the baby no caitlin said that the the baby doesn't doesn't have anything any special powers right okay there. all right because that's the thing i think going into this episode that was my understanding of what was going on and so when she said it i was super confused but that does kind of put it a little bit into context uh, so, so we we are presuming this is likely to be a a temporary situation. Yeah, that that yeah, that's that's what Caitlin explained. Uh, it's it's just not. It's probably gonna. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know if it'll last for the entire pregnancy. It might be something that's just in a certain stage of the pregnancy. I mean, who knows? It's a good it oppor- is OMG science after all. It, it was it was a good opportunity to kind of uh, explore what's going on between Cecile and Joe. Um, their pregnancy, in fact, their relationship and their characters as a whole have kind of taken a back seat for the last several episodes. And so to to actually get some exploration of what's going on there and. Gosh, this has got to be the most on-screen time that Cecile has had since her introduction onto the series. So interesting to spend some time with her. I don't know how I feel about how ready she was to like exploit that power, though. It seemed a little, I don't know, evil? Hey, I wouldn't say evil. I think she's inherently a good person, but it's one of those things where it's like you have this ability and like you see all this good that you could do with it, and then inadvertently you're going to come across and like, you know, find things that you don't necessarily want to know about, you know, and, and, and uh, come across things and like, when she was pointing out the thief or that the person was cheating and you know that th- those other things like that <laughs> you know like like that's i don't know like is that, is that like a moral gray area for her to read the guy's mind and then like out him or, or her as a thief or as a cheater or something like that i mean like i don't i don't know where the legality of that stands yeah or the, or the morality of it even it just it, it did seem a little odd now she does actually you know attempt to use the the powers for good uh and and the tracking down of uh uh, uh, Silbert. Um, now, Bell, we actually got a, a chance to see a, a cool new meta ability. 
uh, with the shrinking and, and regrowth of uh, of various items. Uh, kind of a big moment when we actually see him shrink down an entire building. Uh, did you notice that? Did that sequence remind you of anything relevant? Uh, yeah, it reminded me a lot of the Ant-Man trailer. Like straight up, right? And I mean, that's got to be like a huge coincidence, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tremendous coincidence. I mean, like there's uh, unless when they were filming this episode and doing the uh, practical effects for it, somebody had like a very, very, very early cut of Ant-Man and saw that or something or saw part of the script. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's got to be it's got to be a, a just a coincidence. There's no way. It does kind of remind me, though, of on Legends of Tomorrow, the first time that the Atom goes big was right before Civil War, like the week of Civil War's release where we see Ant-Man go big for the first time. And so, I, I don't know, I wonder if the same visual team that does those effects work on, like, are, are in communication with each other or anything like that. It just, it just seems odd to me that the reveal of those abilities are so close to each other between these two universes. Yeah, you know, I'd be wondered, uh, I'd be curious if the VFX studio for The Flash and for some of the Marvel movies maybe has some overlap as far as people goes. But I don't know that I'd put money on it. I just wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Now, I loved how we actually got to see that power in use with kind of the, the constant shrieking down to steel and regrowth for, you know, quick and easy access to weapons, tossing around cars like they're nothing. It was, it was very cool, man. Like, I, I dug it. Um, the dude that actually played Silbert was freaky. Yeah, man. I don't know what it was about him. He was just off. Like every time I looked at him, I was like, I don't. Oh man, just weird. You know, it, I I think the idea here is that if it, you know, the idea is that that this guy looked like Big Sur so many years ago. So this is somebody who's lost a lot of body mass. So I guess they had to, you know, they had to kind of cast somebody that looks like they've lost a lot of body mass in the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least make him look. And like they, they also had to be bald, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe that guy's just not normally bald, and so he's, that's why his head looked weird. He but just looked creepy. He did a great job, though. I mean, honestly, it was a great character. Fun can ensue whenever there is shrinking going on, and that is, of course, what ends up happening to Cisco and Ralph Bell. I, I shrunk the kids. I shrunk Team Flash. The very name title of this episode is in, in relevance to the storyline. What did you What did you think about uh, Tiny Tiny Cisco and Tiny Ralph? Well, you know the. the the fact aside that they would be both be dead the instant they were shrank. Yeah, it was fine. It was, you know, whatever, little, little tiny, uh, <laughs> it's kind of weird how being small also miniaturized Cisco's like ability to, you know, breach <laughs> stuff. Right. Right, right, right. That was interesting. And I don't know about Ralph, but apparently it made him less plastic. I, I mean, I think it's just, he can't grow. I mean, he's never been a, well, actually he stretched out his hand like a parachute but I mean, yeah, like, right? it's not like he can grow giant. He's not a lasted giant, man. That's true. I think it was great, though. I love my favorite part about the whole thing was when Iris stepped on him. <laughs> it's oh, like, like it gum was on the floor. Gum. Oh, that was so <laughs> gross. It was great. Oh, man, it was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, but no, there's it, it it a great little bit of OMG science there. Like the whole shrinking bit, like, you know, shrinking a building down to the size of a toy. You'd probably create. I mean, I don't know what the chandragasar limit is for a building's mass but you might make a black hole i don't know just saying uh <laughs> and the fact that like all the mass just goes somewhere but they explained it away though because harry said that when he shrinks stuff he removes all of the dark energy and the you know when he's he's not just reducing the space between atoms he's removing elements from stuff uh not not elements as in like molecules but like dark energy and dark matter and whatnot from the targets that he shrinks so they they even they omg scienced their own omg science moment which is pretty fun it's 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 nice when shows do that if you're going to make you know a weird crazy omg science moment use omg science to explain your omg science 
Yeah, I, I hear you, man. You know, it was it was fun actually getting a chance to see those characters running around the the Savitar Lego set. Yeah, right. <laughs> that he, was fun. Even having uh, Iris uh, specifically explain like, oh, I, the predestined death of an evil version of Barry from the future, <laughs> and like, yeah, <you> know, <laughs> that was great. Oh, oh man, how can I not not mention? It? Of course, Iris uh, has a has a great uh, some great scenes with uh, her dad and and with Cecile, and as they're going through their problems, we get the return of the shrink. Yes. Just when and you think she's gone, man, she's she's back. Dude, I think there there's there's going to be that. That's that's a that's a long haul joke. That's going to be a payoff somewhere down the road, I know it. I I think what if it's like at the very tail end of things, you know, we we, we joked about how the thinker and uh the uh, the mechanic how their their marriage uh is so quintessential to their whole plans and schemes. What if it is the shrink that ends up, you know, saving the day by counseling them through their marital issues? <laughs> <laughs> like gives counseling to the thinker and he's like ah, i'm really bad i shouldn't have done all that he's, <laughs> yeah, he's like, in prison and she comes in to like <laughs> kind of talk to him yeah could be that would be hilarious could be but that was that was a fun return i thought we were done with her after the wedding i was happy to see her back uh yeah. But, but yeah uh but yeah man for the for the most part that that's uh that's about it i mean we do get some uh, you know, Harry is kind of beating himself up over the fact that, you know, he was responsible for this issue. Harry has seemed a little bit out of character lately. And, I, you know, I, I kind of made mention on Twitter that he's been somewhat out of character ever since the return of Eobard Thawne, hint, hint, wink, wink. But given the fact that Cecile was in the room, read his mind and did not read the mind of Eobard Thawne, I think it's safe to say that we are officially dealing with Harry Wells of Earth 2. But man, he's been just like uptight lately. Have you noticed? Yeah, but that's what they were saying in the in the episode was that, uh, you know, Cisco was talking to him about it, saying like, it, it's yeah, you're because he keeps calling himself dumb. He was dumb. He was stupid. He, he uh, messed up the the speed bazooka, modifying it, causing them to explode and stuff, you know, and he's mad at himself that he's unable to outthink the thinker. And so he's just basically being re- really hard on himself because of that. He just he wants to be smarter. And there's a guy that's smarter than him and it's driving him crazy. All right. So so I'm going to I'm going to kind of use. Uh, Harry is kind of an example that I think kind of permeates throughout this season so far. And I've really been enjoying this season, man. And in many respects, this episode is continuing on the serious notions on as, as to what's going on with the relationships of these characters, but also the extremely humorous aspects of things, right? Like the very notion that we're going to shrink down the team and they're going to go on their own Ant-Man, Honey, I Shrunk Kids, you know, microverse adventure. There's some fun to be had with that. Even the squeaky voices, which we'll talk more about that thanks to some listener feedback. There's there's a lot of lot of fun aspects of the season, but I think that one of the things that has really suffered so far this season is that there are way too many characters. I mean, like there's just way too many characters on Team Flash and and just in the series as a whole. Even as Harry kind of had his story rushed this episode, it kind of made me realize. Well, Harry really hasn't had a story really since he's been back. We don't oh, know what's going on with him. Iris uh, has has taken a step back. Now we know that she's got a big story on the horizon here, just based on spoilers. Caitlin, we talked about this last episode, but you know, if she either goes kind of for a real quick killer frost bit, you know, joke and, and then she's gone. And so a lot of these characters have really kind of taken a seat back so that we could flesh out other characters like, like Ralph, you know, Cecile, you know, don't get me wrong. Great to have kind of some character development from Cecile and, you know, especially with what's going on between her and Joe and, you know, who, who this baby might be more speculation on that in a minute. What do you think, man? I mean, do we have too many characters this season, or is this about right? I think uh, you're, you're you're remiss to not mention Wally. Uh, Wally is the biggest 
character that's been assassinated on oh he's been he's been chopped he's he's gone like that's what i'm saying they killed wally not not killed of course but they they, they removed him from the show uh have fun with him over at legends with him gone there's still a lot of characters that yeah and it's it's bizarre though because it's you know i, I don't know in, in some aspects it's okay like harry's been developed we got a lot of development when harry first came on the show and we, we kind of flesh sure. out his character this new little bit i mean honestly that's the only real development that, that we've had this season with him because we've already had a lot of development. Well, so we had the council bad. of wells, but and that was a fun concept that we never really, you know, I, I feel like we could go back to that. Well, more, uh, no, no, yeah, yeah. That, well, <laughs> for sure. But I, you know, there's other characters like, like Ralph is a brand new character. Who's going to need a lot of development. It's kind of sad that Caitlin with killer snow hasn't really, or killer frost, not killer <laughs> yeah, snow, yeah, killer, killer snow. Hey, yeah, no, could it could work. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it, it's kind of sad that she hasn't had a little bit. I mean, or the development that she had has, has been kind of like, you know, lazy, I guess you could say. No, it's, it's, I, I, no so this is the thing. I'm not saying lazy because I think I, I do think that this is a juggling act, man. There's a lot of characters. They all need screen time. They all need a chance to, to kind of flesh out their stories. And so it's certainly not laziness. I just think that there's just a lot. Um, and, and, you know, there's probably not a desire to let certain characters fall by the wayside so that only one or two are really focused on, um, you know, with the DC TV universe, we have seen that happen before based on fan favorites, taking kind of center stage and everybody else taking a back seat and not getting the good stories and not getting the attention. Well, here everybody's getting, you know, probably about equal amounts of attention for the most part. I mean, obviously Barry and Iris, uh, have a, have a bit more, especially Barry since, uh, as the title character, there's just so many of them. There's just yeah. so many characters in play here. And I, I just got to wonder, you know, are we setting up a lot of threads just for this season or are we setting up threads in season four for, you know, several seasons to come? Yeah, I don't know. And I, I guess you're right. It's not really lazy. The lazy thing to do would be not to address the characters at all. <coughs> Wally. <coughs> um, <laughs> right. Well, yeah. But uh, but yeah, you know, they're, they're doing the best they can and they do have a lot of characters. But, you know, you're absolutely right. That's an interesting question to ask is, is this just for this season or is uh, ralph and you know cecilia and like all these different characters uh killer frost uh you know where are they going to be at the end of this season are we going to continue to develop those arcs or are we going to have more spinoffs that we're going to have to make in order to house all these characters <laughs> that can't get screen time yeah is it going to be like you know legends of yesterday <laughs> where we just kind of like you know take everybody because the flash alone if you called his uh you know secondary cast could make their own show they got they got plenty of people on there for that so yeah i don't know it's 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 it's, it's interesting to think about that because it could be that they're building up for the for the next season or it could be that they're doing this for uh just, just you know developing characters for this season so i mean i don't know i don't know it, it feels kind of like dibney is going to be one of those one-shot characters, but I don't know what's well, going to happen with I feel him. like Dibney's gotten more screen time than Jay, you know, quote-unquote Jay, ever got in season two. Yeah, you know, like, we yeah. have whole episodes, like, back-to-back-to-back-to-back, to back to back to back where, like, wait, wait, where's Jay? Again, quote-unquote Jay. This, of course, now we know was Hunter Zolomon, but, you know, who we thought at the time was Jay Garrick, or at least who we were told at the time was Jay Garrick, and he, would just, he was just there sometimes, and then the rest of the time, not. Ralph just seems always around, and about well, as so useless. Julian. Well, yeah, this is true, but we never really got a Julian, like, Julian had maybe one episode about him. We didn't really need, like, a lot of Julian exposition for what role he facilitated. You know what I mean? Like, Ralph, yeah. we've had a bunch of arcs for Ralph. It's been very Ralph-centric for you know, several episodes, we never had like Julian centric episodes where everybody has to deal with Julian and help Julian do such and such. 
If anything, he was kind of a kind of a side character to Caitlin's story. And then eventually, obviously, a side character to Barry and thus kind of Team Flash's story. And then he was just kind of a support character, which was fine. I mean, maybe maybe this season's acting as like a backdoor pilot kind of thing for, you know, Elongated Man. Pa- oh, pass, pass, hard fail. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> it's well, not uh, happening. Uh, with his wife, you know, what was like, Will, Will was uh, was talking about this on the call-in show with, with, uh, with his wife. You know, she's the one who sort of reins him in and makes him a tolerable character. Uh, and, you know, if she gets introduced at some point, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it could be. And I, I do think what uh, Will predicted is that, you know, she'll show up probably by the end of the season and, and they'll go off to the sunset and that's perfectly fine. The sooner it happens, the better. I, I just I think there's a lot going on with these characters. And it was punctuated again at the end of this episode with Barry going into the high def prison, having been caught by the warden. And the warden actually calling Aminette and saying, I got one for you. And this is a big one. This is like the, the white whale, so to speak. You know, and, and the return of Aminette also kind of reminded me like, oh, yeah, she's out here, too. So we got, you know, her. We got <laughs> the thinker out here. And then we've also got, you know, this this entire um, Iron Heights essential villainous uh, things going on there. I don't know, man. It just seems like there's so many different threads throughout the season specifically. And so I'm kind of curious. What do you think that Aminette's up to, man? I don't know. Uh, we know that she can't decide. Is she middle management? Like, is she just is she like just reselling people to the thinker? I mean, that's 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 what it feels like. I mean, she used the one guy with the tears to make the drug, and uh, so so maybe maybe and then it's also to do. Uh, the the new body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think what it is is uh, she's working with thinker to try to find either metas that might benefit thinker somehow. Obviously, in this case, the new body for the you know that dude that was a pretty. Uh, pretty big upgrade for him uh and so i don't know and, and the flash you know we had the theory about the flash about the thinker wanting to steal the flash's body i mean that was my idea yeah that's uh good. that that you know and and aminette's going to be the person but I don't, I don't see why well i guess yes yeah, and aminette's the middleman because you know uh devoe's got to keep himself out of this so he doesn't implicate himself so yeah i mean using aminette as a middleman uh with this you know warden and stuff makes sense and so now that we see that thinker has barry via aminette It'll be interesting to see where that goes. I'm curious about what's going to happen to the warden because the warden knows that Barry Allen is the Flash and he's not a good dude. And <laughs> no. who's to say he's going to keep that secret? Yeah, I'm thinking he's not going to make it very long. His name's already checked off, I think, and it's going to happen in the next couple episodes. We'll see what ends up happening, man. But it uh, it uh, it is interesting. Lots to speculate on. Of course, there's that, but but there's also kind of I think. A bigger speculation here on the horizon, and that's going to bring us to this week's Speedster Speculation. Bell. Yes? We got a revelation this episode. Did we? Yes. So we got a revelation. Joe is going to be a father again. We knew this. But he and Cecile are having a baby girl. Now, this is interesting, man, because a lot of the speculation around their child is that perhaps this is going to be a boy who would then grow up to be a new reverse flash. This is something that I think has been generally kind of assumed within the fan community. Uh, Daniel, Daniel West, right? Daniel West, the reverse flash of the new 52. And so that being the case, like I think that a lot of people kind of expected them to have a son, but no, no, no. Caitlin is saying they're having a girl. So bell, do you think that this girl is actually who we've thought to be Don Allen. Is it actually the daughter of Joe and Cecile? 
and Barry and Iris are, are rather than her uh, her parents, maybe they're her brother and sister. Maybe. I mean, I don't know, because Caitlin said that the baby was normal and healthy and everything. And so I would think if I mean, because she couldn't lie from Cecile because Cecile read her mind. So it's like if, if that was the case, I mean, I don't know. But is Dawn going to be a speedster? Like, I mean, there's there's a lot to even speculate on that. Like, how did she come well, back in time? That's the thing, right? Like, how did she come back in time? Now, we've seen that there have been other time travelers. You don't have to be a speedster in order to travel through time. Hence, uh, you know, y- your boy over on Legends. Yeah, but she also writes in the weird, you know, Speed Force language. Yeah, well, so that's the question. Is that Speed Force language? It's kind of been, you know, associated by the fans as Speed Force language, but maybe it's a language of the future. Maybe the reason why uh, Barry was writing in it is because of the download of, of, you know, timeless information that he has. I actually kind of assumed that that was not a Speed Force language, but in fact, a future language. Okay, so Barry went to the future, uh, learned that language. Because that's the thing. Well, is Barry he, was he became stuff timeless. That happened. Yeah, I mean, well, like, yeah, that's true. A lot of the stuff that he was saying hadn't happened yet. It was all kind of future information, as well as past information. Do you, I mean, as true. you recall, he was he was quoting uh, situations with Oliver, if I'm not mistaken, things that we've heard him say before. So, in a very similar sense to the way that we saw him at the end of season one, as he's running through time and getting visions and everything else, you got the sense that not only did he see these things, but actually lived them, experienced them, and and had them downloaded into his brain, Matrix style. So, yeah, I I, I just assume that's future language. Could be. Uh, that would make sense. Uh, so, but the, I, I guess the question is: Do you think that uh, that Dawn is like how how is she like is she like, like a wave rider or something like that? I mean, how is she going back back and forth through time? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, all right. So, but back to my original point though: Is 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 that Dawn Allen? Is is who we've been talking about? Is Dawn Allen actually Dawn Allen, or is that Dawn West? Or 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 you know, uh, insert future name here, West. Well, what if what if it's a uh, what? If, okay, you know, bear with me here. What if instead of Daniel West, it's Don West, uh, and it's sort of like, okay, so you know how Eobard was obsessed with Barry Allen, uh, so much so that he changed his appearance to look like Barry Allen, mm. and uh, that's you know, the, you know, the reason why he hates him, right, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And what if this is like a similar kind of story, they're, they're, they're sort of gender-bending Daniel West Ooh, into this Don. Ooh, yeah. all right, all right, let me, let, me throw, let me throw another one out at you. What if, what if she hmm. all right let me think about this so iris from the comics uh was wally's aunt right like if i'm yeah. you know that's the thing so on the television show for those that are unfamiliar the television series really they simplified and kind of squished if you will the the west allen family tree um you know in the comics they you know wally and barry were not adopted siblings they are you know were not siblings they they were actually um you know uh, wally was his nephew by way of Iris, uh, so that would have meant that Iris's, but but he, and so she her maiden name was West. Wally's name is West, but wasn't he the son of her sister? Am, am I am I am, I think that's right. So all right, I'm I'm sorry. Basically, what I'm trying to figure out through this is was Mary West Iris's sister, or was Rudolph West her brother? And was Rudolph West even Rudolph West, or was he just Rudolph? You know, Bell, I'm I'm trying to rack my brain here, but you know, Mary. So so Mary West, uh, and after kind of a, a quick Google search to to confirm this, uh, she was she was not actually Iris's sister. She was her sister-in-law, with Rudy being the um, you know the related sibling. So I, don't, yeah. I th- we're in completely uncharted territory if the new West child is a girl. Uh, I've got a theory about this. Okay, lay it on me. All right, I don't think I don't think she's a girl. 
Okay. I, I think that, you know, that, that, that sometimes the scans are wrong. And so I'm thinking that she that, that, that they are going to kind of maintain that that it you know, the child will be a boy and it will be Daniel. I think okay. that, I think the whole idea here is this is uh this is a red herring. They're trying to throw us off by uh by by making us think that they're having a girl. And Iris or uh, sorry, Caitlin could have thought that it was a girl and just been thinking that. Well, that 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 too. That as well. Um, but I'm just saying it's it's easy. Look, it's easy enough to to make these mistakes here and there, and it's an easy kind of throwaway line and enough to kind of throw us off. But I don't think because I really do think that Dawn, like the the girl that we've been seeing that we're assuming is from the future, I'm I'm thinking that's got to be Dawn Allen, and I'm I'm wondering is you know I'm wondering if in the future her villain is Daniel West, and so she's back in time either to you know, prevent something about Daniel or try to set some things right. So he doesn't become a villain or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, I just, I, I think that I just, I don't think that, that she is the future child of Joe and Cecile. I, I I'm stint, I'm sticking with her being Don Allen. That would be cool. I, you know, it'd, it'd be, it'd make some sense too. um, but I mean, I don't know, like the way they position it now. And again, we, we get red herrings in this show all the time. But the way it's kind of looking is that Dawn is going to end up being Joe and Cecile's daughter. But I don't know. I, I think it'd be I think it'd be neater if it was Dawn Allen. And, uh, you know, she's a time traveler person, speedster. I think that'd be better than like a regular time traveler. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but no, I, I think so. I mean, I, I, I do. I think that we're setting up for something larger in the next season. Uh, you know, I yes. think I think that uh, we're we're laying the groundwork of things to come. They've said very specifically this season they're not being as speedster heavy as they have been, and I think the idea is that you know we we get kind of a snapback at the end of this season, so that next season's very speedster heavy. Um, and we we certainly potentially have a lot of players in that space. So anyway, I'm, I'm putting it out there. I do not think that that baby is actually a girl. I think I think it's a boy. I think it's Daniel. I think that's a uh, it's a villain. It's a villain. <laughs> well, we shall see. <laughs> David Sobolov, the voice of Gorilla Grodd on The Flash. You're listening to Flash TV Talk. I am Grodd. All right, man. We got some great listener feedback in this week on Twitter. Ross Campbell. Okay, this is great, man. So Ross uh, said he couldn't be with us tonight, but he said, I have a great OMG science question for at Ring That Bell. Can you explain the reason why anytime characters are shrunk on TV and film, they always have a high-pitched voice. So, yeah, the, the, the simple answer is I think it's just, you know, it's a, it's a way for filmmakers to kind of show that they're, that they're smaller because we think of small things as having small voices. But, like, the, the science bit behind it is, uh, like, there, there's, there's two things I can think of that can change the pitch of your voice. And uh, one is the, uh, the density of the gas that you exhale of your vocal cords. Uh, the denser the gas, the lower your voice, and the, uh, the the less dense the gas, the higher your voice. Like when you inhale helium, helium's less dense than air, that's why your voice sounds higher. Um, that's that's not happening in this case. Uh, in this case, I think what's going on there is your vocal cords. Uh, the length of your vocal cords determines how deep your voice is, uh, or, or or how deep of a uh, you know of a sound you can make. And so when they shrink down, their vocal cords have gotten substantially shorter. And so, therefore, they would sound very squeaky and mouse-like, which which is what they did. And I, th- I think that's that's my OMG science explanation for the OMG science that we had on this episode. <laughs> I mean, hey, that w- that works for me. 
You know, that's great, actually. Uh, by the way, feel free anytime that you've got any science-related questions. We got them right here, folks. Just send them in, and uh, and Bell will take care of that for you. Yeah, I'll do my best to answer them. I, I am no scientist, and I, I don't make any claim that anything that I'm saying is is right, but I'll be right as I can. I will, I will, you know, fact check myself. <laughs> Sounds good. We also got Kent Graham who said, uh, just checking on last week's podcast or checking, uh, checking out last week's podcast, got some additional speedster speculation. Whoever the future speedster girl is, she recruits Barry for a future mission, but part of her future team is not yet ev- evil Eobard Thawne. Season five is Eobard's evil origin story. Ooh, that's kind of an interesting concept. Yeah, that could be neat, right? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, in that situation, we're dealing with a, um, uh, who, who was the, Matt Lester, was it? Yeah. So Matt Lester was the original face, but on Twitter, he reported that if so, if, if Eobard's coming back, it's not going to be him. He's going to be wearing a different face. So okay. that's one thing that we do know. So from that standpoint, it, it would be a little unlikely because if we were to get an origin story, it could not be the, the Wells version or at least the, uh, the Wells facial version of uh, of eobard so uh, but but a cool concept i i do think like i said before i think that there is a evil speedster uh of the reverse nature in her future uh slash past slash our future in her past <laughs> slash our future we shall see soon but um who knows who knows also man we had a great itunes review in uh you want to read us what uh, mick smaria said yeah uh, a total flash geek out i just found this podcast and these guys are so entertaining and funny Love listening to their insights and geeking out with them and trying not to bust out in laughter while listening at work. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. And I'll try not to make you laugh at work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do hope that we put forth a podcast with uh, some good insight uh, and uh, just the amount, right enough, uh, right amount of humor and uh, and the kind of professionalism you've come to know and love from uh, Bo and Bell here at Flash TV Talk. We certainly appreciate all of y'all for tuning in. Uh, we especially appreciate those of you who are able to support the show through Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash TV talk, you can uh, help make this show happen. And uh, here's something kind of cool. You know, we mentioned, I believe, at the beginning of the season that starting the season and going forward, all patrons during that season will actually get a exclusive print from the artist of the Brogues webcomic himself, Mr. Ring That Bell. And Bell, do you want to reveal what the print will be for this season? Oh, yes. It's going to be great. Are you ready? So it's going to be uh, in the style of Rick and Morty, except for it's going to be Wells and Cisco, and it's going to be amazing, and I'm super excited to draw it. Ooh, I can't wait, man. It's going to be good. So uh, so look for that. Bell, be sure to, uh, to to take notes, maybe in a video or some sort of behind the scenes as you're doing that, and we'll release that for Patreon exclusive as well. So uh, again, go to patreon.com slash TV talk for more information and uh, yeah, uh, help us make this show happen. Be sure to follow us throughout the week. You can follow us on Twitter at Flash TV Talk, or you can follow our personal accounts at Ring That Bell is Bell and at The Real Bo York is me. But if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podestery.com. That's P O D A S T E R Y.com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach. Who provides our outro music. You can check out the rest of his awesome stuff at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. Also, be sure to check out the DCTV Talk podcast network for all your DCTV talking needs, dctvtalk.com. More information on that great network coming soon. But until then, we'll be back in a flash. <laughs> <laughs>